0: Hey, hey, mamas, it's your girl Marissa here with the official Midwest Mama podcast, a production of the only all women curated local publication, Midwest Mama magazine. When you tune into our all new podcast, you can expect to hear from inspiring local women who are leading businesses, running and starting businesses, mothers and non mothers alike. And we're here to share stories that will inspire, encourage and empower each of us to realize our own potential. We invite you to come along with us as we hear and learn from women who are tackling big goals and big dreams, facing both familiar and unfamiliar challenges. We're going to be dropping new episodes on you at least monthly, and you can always find them for free wherever you get your podcasts, or you can always visit us at midwestohmama.com. All right. Hey, hey, mamas. It's your girl Marissa here with the official Midwest Mama podcast. And you guys, I know I say it every time, but I am super stoked about our guest today. (laughs) If you don't know me, which most of you don't because like this is a podcast, I am a big arts fan. Some people wouldn't know that about me, but I simply adore the ballet And I have been watching this woman who is sitting across from me for many, many years. Um, She was the principal dancer for the Cincinnati Ballet for 16 years, Mm -hmm. Sarah. Yes. So I am joined by Sarah
1: Harston. Harston.
0: She just (laughs) corrected me a moment ago. I've been calling her Sarah Harston for like, I don't know, 15 years or something (laughs) since I've been reading her name in the Cincinnati Ballet programs. But she is Sarah Harston Berkeley. And we are here today to chat with her about her passion pivot. Sarah has been dancing since she was a wee one. Mm -hmm. Um, If you all had a chance to read her article in the first edition of Midwest Mama magazine, she started dancing when she was just three years old. And this immediately became a passion of hers, even at such a young age. And once she decided to sunset her career, she pivoted into this new role with the Cincinnati Ballet as Academy Director. Not a new role, but a new role for her. And so I'm excited to talk with you today and learn a little bit about your second act and what this transition has been like for you um, and some of the joys and maybe even some of the hiccups that you've had along the way and having to To really transition from being on the stage to training the next generation of dancers uh, here in Greater Cincinnati. So, welcome.
1: Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. That was such a great introduction. You're welcome. (laughs) Well, um, so yeah, I started ballet when I was three. I grew up in South Carolina. Um, I started at a, a pretty well known school at the time called Charleston Ballet Theater. So, I grew up in Charleston, South Carolina. Um, and immediately I, I really loved dancing. Um, I, I always laugh because I actually really wanted to be in the Broadway show Cats. <laughs> that was actually my big dream. Cats was super popular back in, you know, the early eighties. And, um, we went to New York a lot as a family and I just absolutely loved that show. I, I will always say that Cats is probably what inspired me to become a dancer. <laughs> um, but I was afraid to sing. So I didn't never really go down that, that particular path, but um, it really it, it opened my eyes up to sort of that performing world. And um, a couple of years later in my life, I moved to Columbia, South Carolina, and there's a really, really incredible school there. Um, It doesn't exist anymore because my teacher passed away, but um, it was called Calvert Brody School of Dance. And I um, joined that school and there were a lot of professional dancers in the dancing world at that time that were from that school. So it really showed me that I could do this with my life um, and that I could, you know, make a living of this. Um, So after that, I, I, after I was there for a while, um, I got sort of to that point where my teacher looked at me and said, you know, you need to, to go elsewhere because I've taught you sort of everything that I know. And, you know, you're the, one of the top students at the school at this point, and you need more challenge. Um, But one of the things that was really beneficial for me during that time, because I was, one of the most advanced dancers at the school was she had me start teaching. Yeah, Um, I also, like, worked the front desk. I mean, this was back when you could do things like that (laughs) at 15 years old or 14 or or whatever. And um, so I started teaching at a pretty young age. I was about 15, and I taught all of, like, the baby classes, you know, like the 3-year-olds, 4-year-olds, and I just – Loved it. I loved it. And I loved planning their little dances for their recitals and all of those kinds of things. And um, so I learned early on, I was never really trained to become a teacher by any means, but I learned through experience and through watching other people at my school. And then I um, left Columbia and I moved to Winston-Salem, North Carolina, where there's a school called, well, at the time it was called North Carolina School of the Arts. It's now called the University of North Carolina School of the Arts. Mm. Um, But I went there for my last two years of high school, and that really kind of gave me exposure a little bit to the professional world, Um, and I was able to work with a lot of um, pretty well-known teachers and well-known repetitors and choreographers that would come in. Um, from there, when I graduated high school, I moved to Boston and I trained for a year with Boston Ballet and then I joined their um, their second company, which is called Boston Ballet Two. Hmm. Um, and then, you know, and I, and I wasn't teaching at all, but I always had this sort of feeling in the back of my mind of like, okay, this isn't gonna last forever you know, dancers can dance, you know, maybe into their 40s, early 40s, but that's really special if you're able to to have that long of a career. I did um, witness quite a few career-changing injuries when I was in mm-hmm. Boston um, that I that I saw happen on stage. Um, kind of so it, yeah, but, yeah. and it, it made me, luckily, it made me realize that, you know, this is not forever and you need to have a backup plan. You need to have a backup plan because Something could happen tomorrow, and you can't dance anymore. So yeah. what would that be? And and it always came back to, to teaching. Um, I really wanted to have my own school. I would draw my school. I would design <laughs> it. I would think about my name, my logo, all of these things that I kind of, you know, had going on in the back of my mind. Um and so it was, you know, it was always there for a long time. Yeah. Um, from Boston, I moved to Cincinnati. I took an audition for Cincinnati Ballet, um, and the audition was held by Victoria Morgan, our, our former um, artistic director of Cincinnati Ballet. Would you,
0: would you care to share that story with us? I don't <laughs> yeah. know if that made it into the the print article. Yeah. I'm not sure if it did, but I just found that story just, like, just really heartwarming and yeah. so Victoria. So yeah, totally. tell us how you how you got to Cincinnati um via Victoria Morgan in Boston.
1: Well, so I, I there was an audition for Boston Ballet, and I really didn't know a lot about Cincinnati at the time. You know, I was kind of an East Coast, Southern type of, of girl. Cincinnati and what? yeah, I was like, it where was is Cincinnati? <laughs> um, and Cincinnati Ballet at the time was, you know, it was a good company, but it wasn't super well known at like it is now. Um and it was kind of, you know, going up in the, in the ranks a bit. So um, somebody encouraged me to take the audition. And I was like, okay, you know, might as well. So I go, and um, I'm in there with, you know, all these other girls, um, maybe a few – few gentlemen i don't remember but um and i walked in and i always i hated wearing black leotard pink tights i hated it <laughs> i hated it growing up in school i hated all i did not like it so <laughs> i was like i'm going to wear a black unitard and at the time unitards were really in i laugh about this now because really people don't wear unitards anymore um at the ballet but anyway i wore this like now they black... wear them on the street <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> but just not in the ballet studio um <laughs> uh, maybe bike a guitar, but not a unitard <laughs> Um, so I, I walked in, I was like, well, I'm the only one in a black unitard. I guess I'm going to stand out, you know, and, and she taught this class and I even had like, we were, you're given a number.
0: Victoria taught the class. Yes. Mm -hmm. Victoria
1: taught the class and she gave us all different numbers that we would wear on the front of our leotard. Um, and I don't remember what my number was, but I know that it kept falling off. It was like a sticky number, mm-hmm. and it kept falling off, and then it just eventually stuck to the floor. And so I just was like, <laughs> "This is a disaster. I'm in a black unitard. I've got this number that won't stay on. She doesn't mean I'm not going to know who I am." Um, but anyway, at the end of the class, I could see that in her hand was my headshot and resume because you normally, when you audition for a ballet company, you have to give them a resume, which at that point was not very long because I was only 18, <laughs> um, and a, you know, a big headshot and like a photo of you dancing. So she had that in her hand. So I thought, okay, she's got my stuff in her hand. I'm the only one that she's holding. She's probably going to talk to me. I went up to thank her. She didn't talk to me. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, I guess not. So I went home, and I lived about, like, two blocks down from Boston Ballet. And um, I got a phone call when I got home, like, 20 minutes later, and it was from somebody that worked at the ballet, at, at Boston Ballet, and they said, are you here? And I was like, no, I'm I'm at home at my apartment. And she was like, well, stay put. Victoria Morgan wants to talk to you. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my goodness, okay, okay. Um, it was kind of raining that day, so I lived in a brownstone, you know, building. I was on the fourth floor. My yeah. doorbell rang. I came downstairs, and Victoria offered me a contract on the front doorstep of my brownstone apartment. I freaking just uh, love that story. Yeah, it was it just awesome. Makes me smile. It, it just
0: feels so um, serendipitous, yeah. right? You yeah. Know, I mean, you talked about like Cincinnati, like being a coastal right woman, right? right? right. It's like. Where's Cincinnati? And for you to, you know, have been prompted from several different people, not knowing like what it was going to entail and to just to look back on that and right. and just how your career took off when you got here. Yeah, because I wasn't, I lesson. wasn't going to
1: take that audition because I just was like, I don't know where Cincinnati is, you know, which is <laughs> terrible to say. But at the time, you know, I didn't. And, um, I wasn't even going to take it. And I'm so glad that I was encouraged to take it because yeah. it completely changed my whole trajectory of my career. Yeah. Um, and, you know, sort of humbling that Victoria was like, okay, I'm going to just walk down the street. And it's so funny because that is that is so Victoria. Yeah. Like she seems like such a... Um, you know, just high level, um, this powerful woman. And of course she is, but at the same time she can be super down to earth and just very real. And that was really that, that moment for me. So she really, you know, talked up the company and so I decided to take it. She sold me. So, so yeah, so I decided to take the job and, um, I moved to Cincinnati in 2001. It was, you know, right before September 11th. It was kind of a crazy year um, it was, it was tough. You know, I was new and there was a lot, obviously a lot going on in the world. Um, a lot going on in the city. And a lot going on in the city. Yes. Um, a lot going on yeah. in the city. So I kind of didn't have the best taste in my mouth I when bet. I moved here. I Cause bet. I just was like, 2001 wow. 2001
0: was a hard year for
1: this. Strange for me because I was used to living in a city like Boston where everything, you were in a big city and you would travel via public transportation yeah. and, and I didn't have to have a car or anything like that. And that was not really how my introduction was here yeah so i wasn't i i was concerned because i you know i liked that sort of city life um and i was like you know i don't i don't know how i'm gonna fit here if i'm gonna like it um but i i loved the company i just fell in love with the dancers and the the sense of family in the company and the the company was smaller which i liked and i think i needed for my type of personality um so, um, you know, I, I kept thinking that Cincinnati would be a stepping stone for me, but it actually ended up being really it's it's home now, and yeah. I've been here longer than I've lived anywhere. Yeah. So um, so yeah, I uh, I' continued to um, I, I joined the company as a quarter ballet member, and um, so that's, you know, for, people that may not know you've got different ranks in the company okay. and I had already been a second company member in Boston Ballet so that's kind of like a an apprenticeship mm-hmm. in a way okay entry level entry level mm-hmm. yeah you're not paid very much you but know you part of, but it's, you're it's part all of, of the that company. yeah mm-hmm. exactly so um so I joined in the court of Ballet here which is like You know, if you're going on stage to do Swan Lake, you're doing one of the swans. Like, it's the big core. Mm -hmm. Um, But I rose through the the ranks um, over, you know, the 16 years that I was in the company. And I was promoted to soloist in 2006. And then I was promoted to principal in 2010. Wow. um, And then eventually retired in 2016. But during all of those years that I was in the company, I was teaching as well in the school. Um, I started teaching in the younger divisions and the children's division, just like I had started at yeah. my old school. I was teaching at all kinds of different ballet schools around the city. Um, the and that year was just something
0: that you were doing on your own.
1: Do a lot yeah. of dancers do that? That was just something you you just yeah, wanted to. It was kind of a I, I of really still. wanted to mm-hmm. um, there. And and a lot of dancers will teach. You know, um, because I mean, I think people. You know, it's a. I mean. It's extra income so especially like over the months where we might be off and we're not on contract you know if you have a teaching job somewhere then you can still continue to make some money Um, but also I think a lot of dancers want to see if they enjoy it and what and, you know, to try to prepare themselves for what's next. But for me, I I knew that this was what I wanted to do. Like, I really knew it. Um, the thought of becoming the Academy Director at Cincinnati Ballet was never even a thought. Like, I never thought that I would be offered that kind of position. Um, I, you uh, when I decided to retire, really what made me decide to retire was the fact that the Academy Director position was open. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah. So, I mean, I was, I was 36 years old when I retired. Um, and, you know, I had met my husband um, and I was, I was getting to that point where I was ready for a change. You know, I was always that dancer that would come into to, to work and, and give, you know, a thousand percent and, everything was all about ballet and, and my career and just, you know, just 100% dedicated. And I started to kind of not lose that, but I started to feel, um, that there were other things in my life that I also wanted to give a lot of attention to. And, and, you know, for one, my, um, my husband had, uh, two children from a previous marriage. So I wanted to be able to you know, be a part of their lives yeah. a bit more, and to you know, just not be so focused on on my career. Right. Um, so I started to realize, like, okay, it's it's getting time. You know, it's it's time for you to start thinking um, what your what your next uh, your second act. Yes, my second <laughs> act is so. Um, but anyway, the the academy director uh, came available, and so. Um, sort of went for it yeah. and and it all worked out. Yeah. yeah so yeah. that's kind of a long yeah. story no, but not th- I mean, there well, I, I mean
0: it's it's it, it's been a, you've been in Cincinnati for a long time, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And um I mean, I think it is rather unique. Um probably pretty special for a dancer to be able to maintain with one company for so yeah. long, especially after their professional career has has finished up. So I just think I think what a blessing it is that you have so much institutional knowledge. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that, you know, the ballet recently went through a huge campaign, you Mm -hmm. have a beautiful new space. Mm -hmm. I'd love for you to share a little bit more about that with us. Um, My daughter and I went down to the grand opening. Um, It was definitely in the midst of COVID, but when was it? It was probably just last summer. Yeah. Um, and they had all. We had the best time. She took a little complimentary class. They oh had, yeah. They had academy dancers outside yep. on the lawn, and I have this little video of her out there in the middle of them dancing yeah. <laughs> around. And it's just, it really is a a, a bright, open, inviting space. It is. <clears throat> and um, you've been able to be a part of the ballet's growth in so many different ways. Um, so I. I personally feel like you've got to be just a, a wealth of, of knowledge and just just to be able to understand the history of an organization is so crucial to understanding where you want to go and right. to make sure that you're not making the same – mistakes or hiccups Mm -hmm. you know that you made 15 years ago most organizations don't have somebody they can say hey what happened 15 years ago I know know? (laughs) that happens a lot (laughs) I bet it does so I I just I just love that for you well we are going to take a really quick break we're going to shift gears here and I want to learn all about not just your role at the academy I know you're in charge right but I want you to sell the academy to us um what do you offer? What kinds of classes? What ages? Um, And what are some of the fun things that um, the students get to participate
1: in? Well, we take pretty much all ages Mm -hmm. from two years old until 150 years old. (laughs) So we have classes, like I said, that start, you know, like the, um, we call it petite pas Mm -hmm. So, um, it's like a mommy and me or a Daddy and me, or Grandma and me. It's a it's a parent child class. Um, so they they little ones can start that at two years old, and um, then we have our children's division, and that ranges between ages three and seven. Um, and that's you know that's sort of like creative movement a little mm-hmm. bit. They they learn the joy of music. They learn the um, the joy of just being able to be free and creative and. Um, start learning a little bit of you know just um, that sort of coordination um, mm-hmm. between their their little brains and their body and um, you know those are the cutest classes those are the ones that I started out with yeah. I think they're probably the hardest classes to teach because you truly have so many little ones in there and so just trying to Herding keep them all cats. yes absolutely <laughs> but it's so um, it's so rewarding yeah. and um, so yeah so and then also in children's division we actually have we started a, a boys class. Oh. Um, and I started that last year, I think was our first year for the children's division boys class, because I found I've been really wanting to um, increase our the engagement of, of young men in our school. And um, I... I thought, you know, especially at a young age when these little ones are coming into the room and maybe they're the only little boy in the room and they're amongst a sea of of girls in their pink leotards, like maybe they, you know, might feel a little bit out of place because they're the only boy. So would you know, what would happen if we created a, a boys only children's division class and it's super successful wow and actually my son's in it and he loves it and they just you know they do boy things they're like superheroes and they're rolling around on the floor and they're you know just it's high energy so different than than the girls right um so that's been really enjoyable to watch grow um And, you know, some great things with us is like our students get to be a part of a they get to be in the building with the professional company, which is really, really um, exciting for them. You know, that was one of the things that I loved as a professional dancer, being able to walk out and see these little ones out there, Mm -hmm. um, you know, looking up to us so much um, and knowing that that's sort of the future that that. That's the future of the dance world, honestly, and um, you know, so they get a lot of interaction with the company dancers, and they get opportunities to be in company productions. Oh. Um, so, you know, usually about two or three productions a year um, involve children, and you know, of course, we have our Nutcracker that involves students from our school and students from the community because we allow anyone that uh, is a dancer in the community to audition for Nutcracker. Wow. Wow. Yeah.
0: So the Nutcracker's actually coming up. Yes. Uh, We are past Halloween, you guys, so (laughs) get your Christmas trees out. (laughs) What's Thanksgiving? Um, And this might be the moment in the podcast that everybody's been waiting for. Um, Sarah and her crew over at the ballet have blessed us with a pair of tickets to the Nutcracker that we are going to be giving away to uh, one lucky listener. All you have to do in order to be eligible to win is DM, that's direct message, Midwest Mama, it's Midwest O-H Mama on Instagram, our secret phrase. Go ahead. Tell us the secret phrase, Sarah.
1: It's sugar plum
0: fairy. Sugar plum fairy. (laughs) I just thought that was just really fun. So if you want to win the tickets, you must DM Midwest Mama on Instagram. And let us know. You also have to be following us. So find us, follow us, and sugarplum ferry us. And hopefully you will be our lucky winner. Um, I'm personally excited about the Nutcracker this year. My daughter turns five tomorrow. Shout out to Everly Saul, my birthday girl. Um, but I finally feel like she's she's ready to um, be able to take in a full ballet and sit down and appreciate it. And Honestly, I believe that the Nutcracker is, you know, if you've got little ones that you've not introduced to professional stage performances before, the Cincinnati Ballet has some great productions, including the Nutcracker. The sets are amazing. The costumes are amazing. It's legit a magical experience for adults. (laughs) So can you imagine what it's like for a little one, um, especially a little one like mine, who likes to twirl around and dance, you know? So for her to be able to experience that firsthand, I'm really excited about that, so. So back to the Academy. What are some new things that are on the horizon? Um, And tell people how they can become engaged with the
1: Academy. Um, so one of the things that we have going on right now, which I always love, is what is what we call our first class free campaign. So it gives anyone the opportunity to sign up, to come and take a class with us for free. And you don't have to, you know, buy a uniform or anything like that. You can come as you are. Um, and you can come in, Try the, the little one can try the class, or adults, anybody sure. can come in and try the class. We will help place where, where you should go, of course. you know, um, If someone says, oh, I've had this many years of ballet, then we'll say, okay, why don't you try this class and, and we'll see how that goes and then if you like it then you're able to sign up but it's nice to be able to have the opportunity to to get into the room to try something out to meet the teacher you know to get into the building and see the building um which is like you said pretty incredible yeah um and just give us sort of a, a try and you know see if if how you feel um I have to say most of the time when people try they sign up. <laughs> yeah. so, so it's a good little, it's it's a good a, little yes. incentive to yes. get people's foot in the door. Exactly.
0: I mean, like anything, I think dancing um, in particular can be intimidating Yeah. Um, for someone who's just getting started. we I, I had a guest uh, recently, Amanda Davis, who owns AKT Fitness um, in Liberty mm-hmm. and in Westchester. And I, she was kind of saying the same thing, like, we do the free class because it's a dance-based fitness studio, right. and a lot of times people are just like, eh, right. is that for me? Am I yep. going to look stupid? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and especially for a workout, like, who cares if you look right. stupid? Like, right. move your body. And if dancing is, is something that gives you energy, who cares what, exactly. what you look like? But dancing in particular, I think, can be so intimidating. So this is really a good way for people to see themselves in that space and give them and build that confidence to say, yeah, I, I could see myself here. I could do this.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, you know, yeah, I can see how dancing can be intimidated. I'm I mean, saying, you guys, I'm
0: saying this to, to Sarah. <laughs> so I don't know if
1: there's much. In, she's been gracing stages since three. No, but, know you know, even that. if I go to a wedding and I'm, you know, I, I mean, sometimes even I get intimidated because it's different dancing than what, you, what I do. And so. I'm sure everybody's looking at you like, let's and they're see pro- what, what exactly, Sarah's going to exactly. bust out on the Which dance is- floor. <laughs> totally Which then i feel even more pressure cuz but um <laughs> but yeah it can be but the, you know one of the things i'll say about the academy that has been my sort of mantra from the beginning when i took over um i i think that dancing is is it is so um joyous to have in your life you know it it really it feels so free and it mm. and it you, you know, just to move to music that you love. Um, there's just so much benefit from it, and I would never want anybody to walk into our building and feel like they don't belong there. Mm. And especially in our school, you know, I I try my hardest to keep our environment as positive as possible. And especially in the dance world, you know, there's all kinds of things out there about. How the dance world is trying to evolve past such negativity on you know, just body image and how we treat dancers and how you know how we treat professional dancers, how we treat students, um, things like that. And and we we have a ways to go, but we have evolved a lot. And you know, I had things said to me as a young dancer um, that. Would never be said yeah. out of my mouth. Never, not from my personal ballet teacher. She was amazing, but I had lots of times where teachers would say very, very harsh things. And you know, I'm, I'm a, I am not an advocate for that. Like, I just, I, I think students will excel um, with positivity and feeling good about themselves every time they walk into the room. And you know, that's how we make better dancers and better humans. And so that's really what I want for our academy. And I, I. And proud to say that I do think that that is our environment there. I'm pretty um, confident that most most students will mm-hmm. tell you that that is their experience. Yeah.
0: Is there a lot of promotion that happens from the Cincinnati Ballet Academy that actually make it into the actual company?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So that's actually one of the things that was also um, a big uh, a big passion of mine when I took over because when I when I took over as Academy Director, there was not a lot of Transition from the Academy into the company that is really working to be changed um, Especially under uh, our new artistic director right. because she's actually the artistic director of the company and the school You know, she has an investment of making sure that the that the school is um, is a uh, producing dancers that would transition into the company the academy right now um you know has many dancers that have gone into our our trainee program and we're starting to see that transition from the trainee program which i also oversee into our second company, and then into our company. Um, but the academy has dancers that are dancing in Kansas City Ballet, Ballet Austin. We have one in Boston Ballet right now. We have one that's dancing for the Royal Ballet in London. I mean, Ooh. so we're we are producing yeah. those students. But um, y- you know, it's it's a lot of it also has to do with where where they want to end up, and they want to spread their wings and maybe get out of Cincinnati and try something new. Yeah. So. Um, it's very subjective. It's, it's a, it's, it's tough, you know, to, um, ballet companies are auditioning dancers from all over the world. Um, I can tell you for me personally, I saw probably 2000 students to get into our summer program. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's our, yeah, it's a summer program that we have. That's a six week program. So it ranges from ages 12 to, you know, 22. And you need to audition to be, you have to audition for that to be accepted. Yes. Um, and, you know, that's a that's a big recruitment time for me is in January and February looking for dancers that want to come from all over the country to train with Cincinnati Ballet. Yeah. And and a lot of them are hoping that they will then get looked at for the trainee program and then from the trainee program advance to the second company and then into the company. Yeah. There's a lot of steps to yeah. get there, yeah. you know.
0: What encouragement do you have or advice do you have for someone who's just getting started in training professionally not really professionally but training beyond you know putting on little tutus and stuff when you're three right. years old and putting on lipstick like
1: well I think um, the the training that students receive from early on is really 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 important mm-hmm. and um, you, you know you have all kinds of dance schools out there. Um, And there are dance schools that are really focused on ballet and ballet technique. And then there are other schools that are more focused on the performance aspect or the competition aspect of it or the tap or the jazz or things like that. And not to say anything negative about that because I think it's all wonderful, but if you want to be a professional ballet dancer, you really have to find a school that truly focuses on the pure classical foundational technique. And that can be hard to find at times you know there are dance schools everywhere i mean they are all over the place you know and but you know to find that one that's going to really train you the proper way as a ballet dancer i truly believe that if you have proper ballet technique you can pretty much do any sort of genre of dance Mm. because it teaches you the absolute Fundamentals that you need going into any sort of field and dance, um, and you know I would never change anything about my career for sure, um, because everything that I went through—the injuries, the you know the casting uh, disappointments, mm-hmm. all of that—has um, truly uh, created who I am now, and I became so much tougher and developed tough skin and. Now I can relate a lot more to my students and give them, you know, so many of them look up to me so much, which is so wonderful. And I love being that, um, that, uh, mentor for them. But what I really love, and I look back on my own experiences is knowing that my experience wasn't perfect. I had a lot of ups and downs. And so, um, I can take from that and sit down with a child or a a young adult and really be real with them about the things that I experienced where if they, you know, look at my career in pictures and on a, um, in a bio, it looks amazing. And it looks like, oh, she had the perfect Perfect situation and look at her perfect transition and and all of that. And, and no, it wasn't, it's never going to be like that. Um, So to be able to to kind of talk them through those tough times has been really special for me. But I I think as a student, if I could look back and change anything about the way that I was is, you know, to just be really kind to yourself as you're coming along as a dancer or really with anything. You know, I I mean, it's... Dancing is is um, there's a there's a lot of things that go into being a professional dancer, and there's a lot of things that you can't change. You can't change your height. You can't change your size of your feet. You can't <laughs> change your hair color. You can't. I mean, well, you guess you, you could can. Change but that, yeah. and I had to really get to that point where I could look at myself and say, okay, you can't change this. So what do you do in order to make it better, or in order to make it, you know, something that you are you know, using to benefit you. I mean, I, I feel like there are many times that I lost a lot of time because I was so focused on the things that I couldn't change instead of focusing on the things that I could. Yeah. Um but but yeah, I don't I hope that answers your no, question. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. I think
0: that's that's a huge encouragement. Um especially the be kind to yeah. yourself. Yeah um really I think simple, but very important. And like you said, it's not just in dance; it's anything in life. As you're as you're learning something, yeah. as you're failing forward, as I like to yeah. say, um, as you're fast following. Sometimes we can be so so hard on mm-hmm. ourselves. Um, and I can only imagine uh, the pressure um, and how much more magnified that is in the performance space. It is in the dance world.
1: It it really is. I I you know. They always say that dancers, um, they can all, you know, especially dancers who become mothers while they're dancing. Um, and I, 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 became a mother after I retired. But for the ones that I know that have become mothers while they are still dancing, it's like you have this such a different perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I'll probably in general, with anybody, feels that way. But I wish that I had the perspective that I have in life. That I have now, back then, you know, um, because I would have rolled a lot of things off my a lot more things off my chest and and realized that my life was gonna still go on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's um, you know being able to laugh at yourself and and uh, and be okay with your with your mess ups and mm-hmm. and things like that, and to know? be
0: willing to get up and be willing to fail again.
1: Right, because I right. I can't think of a better metaphor for that yeah. dance that's right? one of the biggest things I actually say to my students is like you cannot improve unless you make unless you show me the mistake how can I help you if I can't see what the problem is because you, you know they they clam up and they don't want to try or they don't want to go for more and it's like but I can't help you improve unless you are able to allow yourself to to mess up or fa- or yeah. you know not fail but yeah. but in a way fail yeah. you know that's how we get better Um, so there's aspects of that, that I wish I had allowed myself to, to be okay with too along the way. Well, I'm glad that you, um,
0: that you became a mother too. Ah, Um, Me too. (laughs) I only say that because, um, well, because our children are incredible, incredible, incredible blessings. But I think that perspective that you have now is a huge benefit to your Mm. students, Mm -hmm. right? Even though you didn't have that perspective for yourself, Mm Someone that they can look up to as a mentor and someone who has gone through it all and has, in their eyes, made it to the top of the mountain. Right. For you to be able to say that and to be vulnerable with them is so crucial to to their development, you know?
1: Yeah, It. You know, I I always considered myself to be sort of a motherly person. I mean, I just was, I was raised with a very motherly mother. And so (laughs) I always, yeah, thanks mom. Um, I always sort of had that um, instilled in me and I've always, always loved children, but becoming a mom really, it did, uh, my husband would probably laugh when I say this, but I feel like it calmed me down. He's going to be like, What? (laughs) No way. Girl, you ain't but, calm. <laughs> You're not calm at all. Um, but in some ways, it it brought important, like, it, it made my eyes open up to other things and to the reality of, like, what it's like to to raise children. And so, you know, when I'm in the front of the room with a lot of younger ones, and maybe one walks in late, or maybe one forgot their ballet shoes, or this one forgot their leotard, or, you know, this little one's hair's not up, I can look at that and go, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I get it, you know, maybe are running late today. Mom forgot the leotard. Dad forgot the shoes. Whatever it is, like this is life and this is what it's like to be a mom and you're running from place to place to place all the time, barely getting there, hoping that you're going to walk in on time. At least I know that's how I am half the time. <laughs> right. And you know, you have to be you have to give people grace and especially give the student grace when they walk in and maybe you know they're a little frazzled or they're you know all any of the things that are going on, but I love, I mean, I just, I love being a part of young dancers' um, growth and, and them, you know, being able to feel safe with me and look up to me and um, feel that they can get advice from me. And, you know, my ballet teacher was truly like a second mom to me. She really was. And um, I, that's what I, you know, I want to be for, for all of my students. It's a different situation. My school was a lot smaller. Cincinnati Ballet has 600-plus students. <laughs> so as much as I want to be a mom to 600 students, it's impossible. But the ones that I have, you know, um, that I actually get to have in my class and I get to know really well, which ends up being pretty much everybody along the way, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I love being able to have that, that effect on them. Yeah.
0: Sarah, thank you so much (laughs) for coming in and telling us, demystifying kind of behind the scenes of of what it's like to be in the dance world as a dancer and also now as a teacher. Um, I want to encourage anyone who's listening who has sparked interest in maybe getting involved with the Academy to go out to cballet.org and there you can find... All the information that you could possibly want around the different classes that the Academy offers, uh, the dates that the classes are starting, and then this um, new program that you mentioned the Try It and
1: the First say? Class Free.
0: The yes. First Class yes. Free, right? So even if we're mid season, yep. even if we're, you know, the classes have already started, you can go and uh, take a taste test That's and right. see if it's something that you want or your child wants to get. Um, further involvement. In. One of my best friends, she has been taking her daughter to, um, gosh, she's been dancing with Cincinnati Ballet I think since she was four.
1: Oh. Um,
0: uh, Devin Ely.
1: Oh, I know Devin. Yeah, yes, so, I taught Devin last year. Yeah, so
0: um, she was in Nutcracker last <laughs> yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. Um, or year before last. Yeah. Uh, and I went, I got to go see her with Amy. Um, but Anyway, I've just loved watching her blossom Mm -hmm. over the years. And I've been around when she's like, (laughs) you know, at their house or whatever. But, you know, she's really grown. And I think she's just, I don't know, there's just so much joy in her. Um, And the joy that I've seen on her face when she's been on stage. Right. Right. It just warms me up, man. So I
1: had my moments of not wanting to go to ballet class, too, so that's (laughs) normal.
0: But anyway, Sarah, thank you so much for coming in today and sharing uh,
1: your time and
0: um, just helping people understand a little bit more about the ballet and how, as, you know, Cincinnatians, we can support this incredible arts organization. You guys, Cincinnati is home to, I would say, some top, some world-class... Performers, companies, I mean our symphony, I think that people that live here and have always lived here take um, maybe take that a little bit for granted. Other cities of our size, yeah, they, they they don't have football teams, they don't have ballet companies that are ranked the way that Cincinnati Ballet is, our symphony is ranked, our opera is ranked. We have some incredible arts, and you guys, if you've been sitting on your hands and you haven't taken an opportunity to immerse yourself in some of the amazing performances that are happening around our city, I encourage you to start with the ballet because they definitely have something for everyone, whether you want to sit through you know, a a boring, what I would call a boring ballet, like, I don't know, like Cinderella or something like that, like pretty costumes, but yeah. For my husband, he's like, oh, no, no, please, Marissa, you and Amy go to Cinderella. I don't want to go to Cinderella. But they have, you know, but you can go to New Works, which you you could go to Director's Cut. Like, they have so many different um, ways that they try and touch on different genres to touch different people in our community that with performances that speak to them. So... Again, thank you, Sarah. I'm excited that you were able to join me today. And if you guys haven't had a chance to read her full write-up in the first edition of Midwest Mama, you can find it on our website. Um, We are at midwestohmama.com, and she is like smack dab in the middle, and she does look quite gorgeous in her black and white photo. And you can read a little bit more about her background and her history um, and her second act, as I like to call it. Well,
1: thank you again, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me.
0: All right, guys. Sugar Plum Fairies. Sugar Plum Fairies. Sugar Sugar Plum plum Fairies. fairies. Make sure you DM us if you want to get some tickets to the Nutcracker this season. All right, guys. We are going to go ahead and wrap it up. And I'm looking forward to talking to you all again. But until then, go out there and get it, Mama.